The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Good morning and welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod and we're coming to you live on this Thursday morning. Uh, and we're live in a lot of different locations today. Very excited to be here with you. You're going to love my guests. I've already gotten weepy looking at some of the stuff they sent me. So stop. It's already going to be there. Uh, thrilled that you guys are here with us this morning. We are going to be with you live for the next hour and we hope that it's interactive because we get the most fun when we are having a conversation with you in the many different ways that we can have a conversation. Wanna remind you that if you're watching us live on this Thursday morning, August 6th, can you believe that it's already August? I can't believe that. Uh, if you're watching us live this morning, you're watching us either on YouTube or on Facebook or on Periscope or Twitter, or on our homepage, autism-live.com. Now, most of the places that I just listed off have a way for you to write into us. Um, I gotta be honest that right now, the two best ways uh, because of technical issues and la di la di la di and gremlins, uh, the two best ways to get a hold of us live are to be talking with us on YouTube or on, on uh, Facebook Live. Uh, those are the two easiest ways to get a hold of us right now. Or you could email me at s.penrod at autism-live.com. Although I will tell you, it's very rare that I check my email while we're in the show, especially because now we don't take breaks. We used to take little commercially breaks. We really aren't doing a lot of that. So uh, I would say Facebook and YouTube are your best shot right now of talking to me during the show. When the show is not live, uh, it's much better if you email um, and, and send that over to me. Live feature on our uh, website is a little hit and miss right now at the moment. So I'm not counting on it and I wanna encourage you not to count on it right now. But we love to hear from you in all the different ways that we hear from you. We just, it, I gotta tell you, it's like our biggest thrill to talk with you guys. So please feel free to write into us and let us know your thoughts, your feelings, your questions, your concerns. Hey, we're here, our mission is to provide information and inspiration. And that's really personal to me because I am a mom of an individual who was diagnosed with autism at a very early age. And um, he's 17 now and he's, you know, my light, my love. Um, but I know sometimes that uh, no matter where you are in this journey with autism, and by the way, we include everyone in our community. Um, so it starts with individuals who are themselves diagnosed and on the spectrum, right? They are the beating core of this community, but we include all the people that love them. So it's like here and here, right? The people who are orbiting them. We're a part of this community that we're talking to as well. We wanna help everybody. We know that it's not one size fits all, 
that everybody has their own starting point and their own journey. And we always want to pay homage to that. You know, the, the spectrum of individuals in the autism community is that, a spectrum. And everybody's on their own journey. They need their own things and we can't ever carte blanche anything. Uh, but, but the thing that we all agree on is that individuals on the spectrum deserve respect, dignity, uh, uh, autonomy, the ability to be in control of whatever they are capable of being in control of and that they need resources and support to be able to be able to be independent in as many things as they possibly can. They need jobs, they need employment, they need people to love them as they are and to help them. Listen, all of us are working on things. Uh, you know, whether you're on the spectrum or not, all of us are working on things. Um, so the fact that you might need support with something does not mean that you get any less dignity, any less opportunity, right? I think we can all rally around that point. And then the rest of it, you know, we can, you know, take what fits and discard what doesn't. That's what I encourage you to do. So that's what we're doing here. We love to hear from you. Um, because I am a grateful mom of a wonderful individual who, who did get diagnosed at an early age and had some challenges, it's so important to me, the deal that I made on my bedroom floor in the middle of the night when I was praying and saying, please, please, God, help me to help my kiddo. Don't let me be the mom who drops this ball. Don't let that be my story, right? And I sat right there and I said, help me to help my child. And I promise if you help me, I will help whoever I can. So that's why I'm here. Don't confuse me for an expert. <laughs> confuse me for somebody who loves you and wants what's best for you. Uh, yes, absolutely confuse me for that person. And confuse me for somebody who had, has great connections, having hosted shows about autism for more than a decade now. I've met some people. I have some phone numbers. I have a few emails. Uh, I, I know how to ask questions from people who have answers. So use me as a resource. Utilize me. I, I love, uh, you know, I love me some Oprah. If you watch the show, you know I love me some Oprah. And Oprah says she gets up every morning and she sings that song, use me, use me up. Um, and I, I love that. I, utilize me, use me uh, to get what you need, the answers that you need. I, I love that. That makes me very happy. I want to just uh, stop and say hi to Laurie uh, and say good morning to Jacinda. Um, we got a lot to cover today. I see that uh, somebody's already written in a question. My four-year-old nonverbal grandson with autism is starting to display aggressive and violent meltdowns. My daughter and I are both have to hold him down. Our arms are always scratched and bruised, trying to keep him from hurting himself. Should we get him reevaluated to see if it's more than autism? You know, um, again, not an expert, but I'm gonna say to you, I'm, I'm gonna ask you, you're, you're a grandparent. So I assume that you're over the age of 27. Right. And so, you know, you're an adult and you probably have a driver's license and you've probably held a job in your life and people look at you and think of you as an adult. Right. If aliens came and captured you today and took you to another planet and they, you know, their configuration of where their eyes were was different than what it is for us. And they spoke a different language and they didn't understand if you signed to them or if you spoke to them, they didn't understand. I just want to ask you how long before you would throw a tantrum? How long before you would start throwing things because you needed something to eat, drink, you were hot, you were cold, you had to go to the bathroom, 
or you just wanted to know what the heck's going on? Where am I? Why am I here? I figure that I would have about between 11 and 14 minutes before I would lose my, and I would start biting people and scratching them and kick. And I'm a reasonable person with a driver's license, right? Um, and people look at me like I'm an adult, but I figure 11 to 14 minutes before I would snake out. Because if you can't get your needs met, what do you have at your disposal? And, you know, I don't know uh, what your whether your grandson has an additional diagnosis to autism, but what you've told me is that he's nonverbal and he's four. And, and if he doesn't have functional communication, if he doesn't quickly get away so that he can say to you enough, I'm done playing with this toy, or I need to go to the bathroom, or that noise is making me crazy, or I'm tired or I'm cold. If he doesn't have a way to say those things, he will aggress. My arms used to be covered with bruises from my kiddo biting me and my kiddos getting ready to apply to Harvard. So I wanna fill you with hope. I wanna fill your bucket with hope and say, this does not have to be the way he communicates, but we've got to get him functional communication. And at four, we probably wanna jump right to functional communication, pairing it with speech to see if we can get to speech, but we need to get to functional communication like right now. Now that looks a lot of different ways for a lot of different people. Um, you know, Some people functionally communicate with sign language and I love sign language, but the problem with sign language is not everybody knows it. And so we need to make sure that he's got a way that everybody can understand him. So you probably want to be looking at getting an iPad and there's the, the app that everybody uses and it's expensive is ProLoQuo to, Pro Quo to go. Um, easy, right? There are ones that are really good that are free or, or like an 18th of the cost of ProLoQuo, but probably at some point somebody's going to tell you to get ProLoQuo. So, but I just want to say to you that like right now, you're, the thing you can do to help your, is it your daughter or your daughter-in-law? And the thing that you can do to help your grandson, we have to give him functional communication. If an iPad is off the table and you, you know, it's going to take you months to get funding for it from insurance or a grant or whatever, I want you to look up picture exchange communication. It's PECS, picture exchange communication. You could start that today but he's got to have a way to say yes, no, more, uh, hot, cold, hurt, right? We, we've got it and, it, and you will see there's something called the magic X. When, um, when we're doing a graph and we're showing how much a child is aggressing, right? And that's, you know, it's way up here, right? And how much a child is being able to express their needs and that's way down here. When we start to make this number go up so that they're starting to express themselves, this number goes like this, and you will see a magic X on his graphs because they're directly related. If I can't get my needs met, I'm gonna bite you. And, and I think if we just, because we get scared, right? I was scared, is my child a monster? Does he, is, he gonna be a, is he gonna be a person who aggresses at people his whole life? No, if he had a way of communicating, then he didn't need to aggress. And I, you know, even people who aren't on the spectrum if we, for a lot of people, if we gave them an appropriate way to communicate, um, they wouldn't need to aggress. But we know for sure for a four-year-old on the autism spectrum, they will aggress if they cannot get their needs met. Let's give them functional communication. Gonna change your life. 
Uh, we don't normally do that this early in the morning. Good morning, Bonnie. Hi, Nasser. Sapphire, good morning. Uh, and uh, oh, and somebody under the name of Fat God, I have no idea what that means, but they said, is, is autism and Asperger the same thing? Well, they're under the same umbrella, autism spectrum disorder. They look very different, um, but under the new classification, they are under the same umbrella. There is no more, in the current diagnosis, there is no more Asperger's. There's Asperger type, autism Asperger type. So um, sending you a virtual hug, Jacinda. Uh, and hey, Jeremy, hello, good morning. All right, you guys, it's time. We like to start the morning with something we fondly refer to as the jargon of the day. This is when we take on one word, one phrase, one acronym. We try to figure out what in the hey, nani, nani, are those experts talking about? Why do they use these terms? Why are they trying to like turn our brains into applesauce? What we do here is that we take uh, the the acronym, the phrase, whatever it is, the, the term, we give you the actual definition whenever possible. I make fun of that because uh, really that's all it's good for. And then <laughs> we try to give you a working definition and an example so that we can all start to understand these terms in the hopes that it saves us time and energy and money. That's what we're all about. Hey, Christina. So uh, awesome here. I, I love that people are are uh, doing the elbow claw. Okay, so today's jargon term, couldn't wait to get to this one, gross motor skills. Uh, earlier this week, we did fine motor skills and we see that those two kind of go in hand in hand. People talk about them, you know, they'll say, oh, the fine motor skills and the gross motor skills. And uh, I remember hearing that and I was like, are gross, like I thought gross as in disgusting. And I was like, are we talking about bowel movements here? What are we talking about here? It's not that. Uh, gross also means large. And uh, so let's take a look at what our actual definition for gross motor skills are. I, I assume it's not that bad of a definition. Gross motor skills, the abilities required in order to control the large muscles of the body for intentionally coordinated movement. It's not that bad. There's not much to make fun of. But I still don't know what it is. And if I have a four-year-old who's on the spectrum, I'm like, what does this have to do with me? Why would this be important? Why do I need to know this? And I do need to know this. So let's move on to our working definition and see if we can't make some heads or tails out of this. Dun, da, da, da. It's the larger movements in an individual which make their arms, legs, feet, or their entire body move, crawling, running, and jumping. Okay, so we all um, have these amazing machines that we're living in, our bodies, we're little e ecosystems and we each have our own ecosystem. And there's a certain amount of stuff we gotta put in and a certain amount of stuff that we have to put out. And if it gets out of balance, we get out of whack. And for people who have sensory issues, which is a lot of our kids and a lot of us and a lot of adults on the spectrum, not on the spectrum, right? If we don't get enough movement of our large muscles in our body, we get out of whack. And sometimes that manifests in anxiety, sensory overload, and an inability to regulate ourselves. Woo, suddenly this got much more important, right? So uh, I have a friend who did not have boys on the spectrum, but when I had my son, there were a lot of us that were in the same age range that had lots of boys, just all at once, right? 
And, uh, and her boys were a few years older than our boys and they were just the most polite, regulated, kind gentlemen. And we would always say, Renee, what is it you're doing? How is it that your boys, like you say, come on, it's time to go. And you don't get all this, da, 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 da. like, what's your secret, Renee? And Renee, who is an amazing midwife doula uh, and an earth mother, right? She would say, oh, I just run them like their dogs. I keep them very busy. They swim every day. I make sure that they're running. I keep them in constant motion because it regulates them. And I was like, Regamada, what is that? And that was right before my son was diagnosed with autism. Over the years, as we've had OTs on the show and they talk about how important it is for our kids to do heavy work. And that sounds like putting them on a chain gang, right? But it's not, it's like moving, like, you know, one of the things when people say to me, I don't know what to do, we're housebound in this pandemic, I don't know what to do. And one of the things I say is, rearrange the furniture and have your kids push the couch and push the ottoman and move the chair and pull this over here and you know uh, put stuff in the laundry basket and have them pull it through the house put one of the kids in the laundry basket and have them push them across the house and you will see that there is an impact of that heavy work that your kids have this sort of glow effect afterwards. They're kind of breathing hard, but they've moved the muscles and, and they've used them in a way that feels, it releases things in their bodies. I don't know the whole physiology of it, but it helps them to regulate. You might find that they're more focused for a period of time afterwards and that things that otherwise would bug them sensory wise, they can regulate a little bit better. So gross motor, super duper important now, right? Now suddenly you're like, oh, where do I learn more about this? So um, there's tons of information about gross motor activities for our kiddos. Um, I love going to Pinterest for these kinds of things. And on Pinterest, you can go to Autism Live, you can follow our boards. And um, I put a whole board at the beginning of the pandemic that's just gross motor stuff. Um, and then I put some gross motor stuff in other categories. Check out the boards that I've got there, but check out the gross motor. When I'm talking to you guys about making an obstacle course in your living room, gross motor, and it's fun and our kids learn. And we want our kids, sometimes it's interesting that we had the question about Asperger's. One of the hallmarks of Asperger's is that the, those kiddos uh, maybe speak a little bit faster, but have a hard time with the back and forth, right? But there's, but speech comes generally, not always, but generally earlier. And they're a little bit more uh, uncoordinated. They have a hard time coordinating, you know, their brain to their body. They need the gross motor. For those of you who have kids that you've written in and you said, my kid climbs me or is pulling on me or sticking his chin on me, gross motor, gross motor. <laughs> is a really good thing. Now I sound like Martha. Uh, okay, so I love me some gross motor and uh, good, good OT can do this with you. Good therapists will do some gross motor stuff with your kids to get their yayas out so that they can focus. So um, what is ritualistic behavior and ritualistic uh, is that Asperger's? So um, there's a part of the diagnosis of autism that has to do with ritualistic behavior. And that means doing things in a pattern. 
So, you know, they have to turn around three times before they sit down to work. Or, you know, a lot of people, um, kiddos will line cars up or, um, you know, we have to check the doorknob five times or, uh, we, you know, we can't wear the red underwear with the blue pants, right? That it's like regimented uh, behaviors that, no, it, if you hear somebody saying, no, it has to be this way, I'm like that. No, I can't do this first. The steps are this, this, this. It has to be done in this order. Then it becomes ritualistic because it's a ritual that you have to do to feel okay. Um, you know, I have this, so I tend to think that everybody has this, but my husband doesn't have that. Um, my son had it when he was little. I think I'm the only person left in the house that has this. Uh, but it absolutely is one of the things on uh, the list of diagnosis for autism. Um, it is not the only thing. And you can have autism without having that. And you can have this and not qualify for an autism diagnosis. So it's just one of a list of things that if you have makes you more eligible if you have other things on the list. And I don't think that... Um, I think that a lot of people with Asperger's have this, but not all. Um, and a lot of people who have an autism diagnosis have this, but not all. And I don't know like, you know, what the statistics are about how many to how many, but um, you know, it is something that can be worked on and um, that can be better. Um, it's hard. It's not the easiest behavior to take care of, but it can be worked on. Uh, okay. So hopefully that makes sense. We have uh, a question for you. I got I gotta get because I got guests waiting. Uh, so our question of the day, uh, after our definitions here, I don't know what it is, Traven. So you got to show it on the screen, and my computer screen is showing me eighty-five million things right now. Uh, okay, so this is a great question. I'm glad that it got. What gross motor activities do you enjoy? Like there are some gross motor activities that you don't enjoy, but what do you enjoy? And I just, I bring that up because it's important to know that what you like isn't necessarily what the other people in your life like, isn't necessarily what your kiddo likes. So it's important when you're doing gross motor activities, we want for them to be rewarding and we want them to happen on a regular basis. Um, if not every day, certainly many times during the week. But I think for kiddos on the spectrum, it's a good thing to shoot for this every day to get to that self-regulation piece. So what do you enjoy? What do they enjoy? Uh, it's not equal and even. I'm not a um, treadmill person, but I'm treadmilling right now and I'm starting to enjoy it only because I'm pairing it with other things because um, I need to be doing it every day. Uh, okay, I got a couple more questions here and then we're going to get to our guests. Uh, our topic, what's our topic this week, Traven, so I can get to these. Hello, Parker. Glad to have you back. Hi, Bonnie. Um, Oh yeah, one size doesn't fit all. This is gonna fit really well with what I'm about to say. So um, somebody asked, do you guys plan to put out the A Word series um, back on YouTube? I love the series, I learned so much from it. You know, we hope so. Uh, we took it down at the request of Jack Riley's parents because he's at an age where they want him to be able to sort out and then choose for himself if he's okay with it. So we're kind of like giving him some space and letting him see, but, um, but yes, it was wonderful. They loved it too. They loved being of service to the community and we're hopeful, but you know, we want to do what's best for that young man. 
Hi, Eusarika. I hope I said your name right. Okay, one last question. Can mild autism be cured completely? Uh, and Jacinda said she loves to dance and you're gonna love our guests. Uh, I just wanna say that in the autism community, I think the vast majority of us have come to respect that the term cure has no place. Um, that I appreciate the, the, um, the, the question, but I wanna be really clear that um, what our, our friends on the autism spectrum have told us is that when we talk about curing autism and they identify so completely as being autistic and for adults on the spectrum, many of them do identify that way. I am an autistic, I am autistic. The younger group of kids, like, you know, um, the, the generation of kids that I know refer to themselves as being on the spectrum and think of themselves as, you know, autism is something that it, it's a difference in their brain and they don't think of themselves as being autistic. And I do think it's a generational thing to a large extent. Um, but in either case, the term cured, like doesn't have a place. And I don't think anybody has figured out what the actual word is, but here's what I can tell you is that you can be diagnosed with an autism spectrum disorder. And only when you have, you only qualify for disorder if it is impacting your life and you cannot be living your life without support. And so they call it a disorder. We can argue about whether that's accurate, but that's the current determination, right? If you're asking me, do people ever get to the point where they don't have a disorder anymore and don't qualify for that diagnosis? All the time, all the time. Does it mean that their brain st still works differently than mine? Yes, but it's not a disorder. Um, I hope that we will get to the point where we can refer to autism spectrum dis, I don't know. I don't, I don't like any of the words that are coming to mind, but that we can also look at it, the fact that autism brains, for me, it's like the difference of, do you use an Apple, uh, a Mac, or do you use a PC? They're both great. They both process in different ways. But you're used to be that there were things that you could do on a PC that you couldn't do on a Mac, and then they invented apps. And now a Mac can do very similar in a different way, process in a totally different way as a PC and vice versa. Now there are programs you, that you can add that make your PC more like a Mac. This is what I, how I view autism. They process in different ways, both are valid, both are good. And if you want to be able to do something that the other one can do, you install an app and you can do it. And that's where I want to be. Um, open to other people. Let's see if anybody has strong feelings about that because uh, everybody gets to have their opinion. Okay, but we're late for our guests and they're fabulous. Uh, so Robin Yates Martinez is joining us from Everybody Dance Now and Fullerton Cares. And I don't know if her peer buddy guest is joining us at the same time, but that's Caitlin Lauren Wilson. There's Robin Yates. There they are. I'm late, you guys. I apologize. I had questions and I couldn't let them go. Uh, but I am so thrilled to have both of you here. Let's start with talking about Robin Yates Martinez for a quick second. She is an amazing expert in the field of autism that I have so much respect for. I first met Robin because uh, she came to be on the show because she was working with Fullerton Cares doing this amazing work that she's still doing that we're going to be talking about in a second. But I was so taken with her. I was like, I just want to work more with this woman. She's just got a very unique 
view on this world. And um, shortly after that, uh, she came and was, uh, tell us what your title was at Skills, Robin, because I'm not gonna remember that. But, <laughs> but you held a very important uh, position and role with Skills that I talk about all the time here on the show. Tell them what you did with Skills. So I uh, had an awesome job with skills and it was the most unique job in the world. I'll probably never have another job like it again, but I was the implementation specialist. And so I had the pleasure of working, um, including traveling. So I would do in-person training, but I did a lot of webinar training and consultation um, with therapists and parents on how to utilize the skills curriculum and implement that in their homes or clinics, how to take data. Um, it was just fantastic. And, and during that time, I, I worked very closely with Evelyn, um, you know. Yes, we love Evelyn, Evelyn. Yes, and you love uh, her hair. So uh, that, that was, I, I learned, I learned a lot and I'm still utilizing what I learned when I did that job uh, today. Well, but you helped uh, so many people with skills. I, you know, I love me some skills uh, and I talk about it here. I wax poetic about skills, but a lot of people go to skills and feel overwhelmed and go, I don't know how to get, it's like going to Disneyland and, you know, there's so many things to do and you can't do all of them at the same time. But what, what I loved was that Robin was this wonderful tour guide for people to say, what is it you need? What, what are, you know, and to get them an entree so that then they could use as many of the things and skills that they wanted to. You were a game changer at skills and, and we miss you, but Robin has gone on, uh, you know, to do many things and work with many individuals. She's a brilliant BCBA and uh, we just adore her. She, you know, she's a mover and a shaker. She's a get it done kind of person. And when I, you know, I've always loved what you have done with Everybody Dance now, but I, when you wrote to me the other day and said what you guys have been doing in the pandemic, I thought I was just going to plot. It was just, I was like, holy Christmas. Uh, we got to get her on here. So that's Robin. And Robin's going to talk to us about what every, everybody, everybody dance now is and what they, what their affiliation with Fullerton Care is. There's so much to talk about, but I, I can't let it go. We have to introduce this fabulous, beautiful young woman, Caitlin Lauren Wilson. And Caitlin, it's my understanding that you are uh, nothing short of a genius. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, I, what, from what I hear, you are an amazing dancer, um, but you are a brilliant human being and that you are a perfect example of what a peer buddy is. And we'll explain to people what that is in a minute, but I am so moved. How old are you? 15. Yeah. Well, at 15, uh, Caitlin has figured out more than many people I know. <laughs> so I can't wait to talk with her and, uh, and talk about what this topic. So let's not belay it anymore. So Robin, first of all, tell us what is Everybody Dance Now and what's the affiliation with Fullerton Cares? Okay. So um, Everybody Dance Now was born over seven years ago. And uh, it's, it's uh, a passion of mine uh, is performing arts. So dance, um, music, comedy, and that's what I've always loved. And my children love that. And uh, my youngest son was dancing at CF Dance Academy, started when he was just three. 
Um, and he really, really enjoyed it. And I had shared with the owner of uh, the dance academy that I would love to have something for my oldest son who was severely and wasn't as severely impacted by autism. And he did not have, once he aged out of Gymboree, he didn't have anything that was where he could sing songs and do that sort of thing um, that was at his level, but also age appropriate. Um, and I, you know, I just really wanted something for him. And so she uh, knew about my background also in uh, as a behavior specialist. And so we talked about the logistics of starting a dance program um, for kiddos uh, that were on the spectrum or had other disabilities and, and particularly being able to individualize it for kiddos that were uh, in the mod severe range. And so she said, you know what, let's, let's give it a go. Um, and we were full from the first the first class um, and we've had the program ever since and so um i was also the community outreach director and still am for fullerton cares at this time too so i was kind of i was uh within my role in, in that scope to um go ahead and implement the program and so i i took basically a level one hip-hop curriculum and modified it for um, a mod severe population and then uh, a wider age group. Um, and what I'm here to talk about today is that the most exciting part and component of our Everybody Dance Now program is, and another program that I ended up starting later that we'll talk about, um, is we have a inclusive component. And so a lot of it, not, not to discredit any other uh, classes or anything, but they're, they're our classes that pop up, you know, dance, taekwondo, things like that for kiddos with special needs. But then we don't see typically developing kiddos in there either. And so we remember that we're always wanting to promote inclusion. So our dance program uh, took kids that were interested at CF Dance, dancers uh, that were there that wanted to come in as peer buddies. So every one of our students was peered up with someone pretty close in age with them. And then I trained our peer buddies on how to provide basic behavior support. So what, what behaviors to kind of <clears throat> pretend to ignore, um, what, what we uh, could do to support a decrease in behavior, certain prompting skills and prompt hierarchy even. Um, you know, so, so learning how we can maybe have to partial physical prompt at first the dance moves, but then back off. And then now we're doing gestural prompts. Um, and so it was just really, really exciting because soon I had these peer buddies that were very young at the time. Um, Katie started, I, I, I guess, well, if you're 15 minus six, uh, you were pretty young when you started out, um, you know, and, and I was able to train them and they were supporting, you know, behavior interventionist quality, quality support and everyone um, was just always really taken aback by that. And so fast forward, the program's been going on for seven years. Katie's been with us for six. And so we have now real friendships that were established five, six, seven years ago, and they're staying together. So now I have a child who's severely impacted by autism and he's got a long-term friend. I, I, didn't, I didn't think that that was, was going to be a thing. <laughs> and so, I mean, you know, like, like that, that was not, you know, I, I need, I wanted a program for him and I, I had high hopes but I, I, that, that, that surpassed all my hopes. And so 
as we got further and further into this, um, a core group of buddies that had just been always been there, which is uh, Katie, Caitlin, um, and Emma, and Ryan, which is, is Katie's brother, and Gabriella, and she is uh, the buddy I was talking about. That's my son Ian's actual friend. She she comes to his birthday parties. She's you know she's she's there for him and and my other buddies I mentioned they're the same way they they've got these long established relationships now with with the kids that they've supported and so that's just been beautiful for me and I'm really really thankful about it and um you know I just really started thinking we could use this story to inspire other teenagers and it's like what can we do I think we're all trapped in our house with the pandemic and we feel like maybe if we're not suffering as much as another group is, we wanna make a difference. We wanna feel better about our situation. And so I was like, we can harness the awesome power of being trapped in our house and do some, some positive things. And so I felt one of the most positive things would be to get Katie's story out there and the other stories of our peer buddies and how they've really, really made a difference so that others can learn how they can immediately start making a difference too because um, it's just been exciting. So so out of this program that was Everybody Dance Now spawned another program, uh, which is called Come As You Are for Rockers of All Abilities, and that's at School of Rock Tustin. And um, again, that was born out of my... Um, We're showing my, some oh, pictures. Oh, yeah. yes, that's Ian doing our Zoom class. <laughs> and and so, yeah, the, the, Come As you, the Come As You Are class, that was... Um, just born out of my youngest son, again, being at School of Rock Testing and my saying to the, own, to the general manager, you know, I would love to have something for my oldest son. Um, and so this program was born and I needed peer buddies for this program too. And I didn't get a lot of interested kids. And so Katie and Ryan and Emma, <laughs> you know, said, okay, we don't play music, we're dancers, but we'll give it a shot. And they have been instrumental in my um, rock and roll class as well, uh, which was just, which has just been phenomenal. And for me has really, has really meant a lot to me um, because they were just, they've just been instrumental. And so for my four buddies that, that had just been with us six and seven years, I created more of a title, more of a leadership role, because they were asking me, what else can I do? What, what else can we do? And so I created for them and started calling them my pals, but I spell it P-A-A-A-L-S. And it stands for, uh, well, Fullerton Care's mission statement is the three A's. So awareness, acceptance, and action, right? Because, okay, you can accept, you can be aware, but what are we gonna do to support? And so it's, you know, it's peer, awareness, acceptance, action, leaders or liaisons. And so they have recruited other kids to volunteer and, and uh, become peer buddies and they train uh, those kids. And so they just really, really go out of their way, their way. again, moving out of dance and just supporting at um, our programs, not because they're an expert in the subject matter, but because now they're little experts in actually providing that support and friendship. And so when the pandemic hit, um, my pals reached out to me and said, you know, what are we gonna do about dance or, or come as you are? And I said, I don't know, let me figure something out. And 
lo and behold, our Zoom class was born and that's called Everybody Rock the House. Because <laughs> I said, how are we gonna mash up both classes? And, you know, and I, and I didn't really know how I was going to go about this. I'm an expert in the music part, but not the dance part. I usually have support from dance instructors and from my buddies. And then that's again why I want to tell Katie's story. Katie ended up stepping up and becoming my junior community outreach director because she's been such an integral force in this Zoom program. Um, and so I would just uh, love to talk to you know have her have her talk about her experience in in our programs and then talk about what it's been like transferring what she's learned uh, out in the community and doing it on in a zoom setting that's my son and there's katie helping him play the drums awesome yeah awesome 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 well katie you've been so patient we've said a lot of nice things about you but we haven't really let you talk welcome to autism live i guess i want to start with why did you get started with doing peer buddies um so i started like doing peer buddies because like I'm really invested in dance and community like service is really important in my family. Like they teach us that from like when we were born. So like combining those two is like the best like combination that I could possibly like get because it's doing two things that I love in one like place. And like, I love seeing the kids and how they grow through like dancers and as children and how the one-on-one -on -one connection between me and the students is like so special to them and gaining their trust is also very special to me. And it's just amazing to see how far these kids can go with the help of a peer buddy. Well, and you know, there's a lot of people who are watching who are like, well, this, this young lady is remarkable and how amazing that, that she has gifted her time to these kiddos. But it's my understanding that you feel like you've gotten something out of this. Can you talk a little bit about what you've gotten out of it? So what I've gotten out of it, the, first, like, the most important thing is the connection between a student and myself. So I have two buddies, Cynthia and Melody. And during these uncertain times, I've been checking up on them, like sending them a story, me reading them a story or sending them little gifts so that they still have that little bit of connection with me and they don't like lose it during these times. And then the second reason is that like, I've also, it's just really like comes coming from my heart. Like I love seeing like how like all these kids and all their connections with us. And it's just very like heartwarming to see like how much like the trust in them can go into like me, a teenager like me, just trying to help them get out of their box and dance. What a wonderful, wonderful thing. What a gift you are to us. But I, you know, I under, you, you're a very busy teenager. You do a lot of different things, right? <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and this is a time commitment. What are the challenges for you uh, that, you know, I mean, is this hard to commit to? Uh, yes, sometimes time management is a big problem because I'm on dance team at school 
And for dance, we have to do a certain amount of classes. So sometimes it's very like hard to make it to class, but we still make it work. I will like send in a friend to substitute for me or I'll have my brother help me out and take my buddy so that they don't feel, they're not just like left out in the open. You know, it's just remarkable to think about this. And I I know that a lot of us are trying to get our heads around this because in life, um, you know, I I just was having a conversation with a parent yesterday who was saying that um, a, a relative when they found out that their that her child was diagnosed with autism, uninvited them to a family gathering. Uh, and we were talking about the ignorance uh, of, of that kind of a reaction. And here you are, you're a teenager and you volunteered your time to be a friend to people that you're not even related to. We just need to clone you and fill the world That's with- That's what I always think. Right? And, I, and Robin, can I just pay homage to you that I, I know that that's part of what you've done through creating this program is that, you know, you don't just leave it at one person, that you are making more pure buddies so that in, a, in essence, you are cloning the Katie's of the world and making well, more of them. And they bring I mean, their own flavor, right? Yeah, They're not de- definitely. There's definitely, definitely only, only one Katie though. But the nice thing about this having, having gone on so long and and what's just been remarkable is now and, and why I had to promote her in leadership is because now I don't have to train everyone. I can say, you know, Katie, this is the new peer buddy, like stand by her, show her what to do, support her. She's with this dancer. And because, you know, if Katie even hasn't worked worked with all of our kids, but like she's been in it for so long, she knows them. She knows what they're gonna need. And I, I always tell her like you're just give her her own classroom. Like let's just skip to that. She's she's very she's just really really good. She's she's therapist quality. I mean you you heard her. She she covers her shifts. Like who does that? Yeah. I have grown people that. No. Katie, I, I know who would hire you. I, I have a place that would hire you. You're just not quite old enough yet. Um, but honestly, Robin, I would like to say to you, and you may already be thinking about this, that your peer buddies, when they are, when, once they graduate from high school, I would like to create a pipeline to them becoming therapists while they're at college. Can we please talk about that? Yes. Well, you can ask Katie. I tell her all the time, like the day you turn 18, this is happening. Um, if you're, if you're going to work your way through college, if you have to have a job, then, then we'll, have this job. Cause it's a good one. And you're, we'll you're ready. Over you. we, we will fight over you. Yes. Um, but I also want to say that Robin, 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 you've got to write a book about how you trained these peer buddies, because there are people who don't know how to do these things for their own child. And you're training a 10 year old to do it at, to the point where at, at, at the age of 15, she's an elder statement statesman and can, you know, train others to do it. Stop. you got to write that book. Please. <laughs> no, I, re- I really, really, I really, really want to. Um, it's, it's, um, it, it is a passion of mine to, to get this out there. That's why I've always appreciated you having me, on the show so that we can talk about it because it's a doable thing like i'm a busy mom um you know my oldest son has a has a a lot of concerns and needs i work and stuff like that and so if i was able to pull this off i couldn't be the only one that could pull this off you know what i'm saying and there is only one katie wilson and there's only one 
Ryan Wilson, there's only one Emily, there's only one Gabriella Toth. Those are my my four like core of my heart. But that being said, that's what I'm always saying too, is let's get these stories out there about yeah. our peer buddies and pals because they couldn't be the only ones. We can do this. We can, well, we I am can challenging. start a thing. I'm challenging you, you write the book and let each one of them write a chapter in it about what it was like for them. Um, and I will devote showtime to talking about the book as soon as you have it ready. Thank you. The, you. the book needs to happen. Okay, but I also promised our viewers, and by the way, uh, they're, I don't know which one or both of you, but uh, they're, they're calling you Earth Angels, uh, our viewers. <laughs> So uh, I think it's oh, a that's so combo of both of you. But, um, but you had mentioned to me uh, when we were talking about this, Robin, that because you're doing, uh, is it one or both of the classes on Zoom, that there's an opportunity for people watching to participate. Can we talk about that? Yeah, that's a, it's pretty cool. So we're not doing, I made up like a hybrid of both classes. So essentially it's a movement to music class that is rock and roll themed. Um, so it's it's really, really fun. So it's rock the house, just like it sounds. Um, it literally is, is tailored so that it covers all ages. And so I love it. Sometimes we're doing this, you know, the Zoom and I'm looking at the participants and parents come in and they start, you know, doing the dances and, and stuff like that. And we do some wellness, um, like yoga, you know, breathing, that kind of thing. Just, just something to give us like a brain break and a way to move. And then we speak to each other and that kind of thing. Um, but again, I don't have a dance background, so I do okay. You know, if we're doing a cha-cha slide or something, I can pull off demonstrating that, but, um, I didn't want our dancers to lose the ability to follow along with choreography. And so that's when Katie came in and really saved me. And our other pals as well are, are moving in as peer instructors. So I take a couple of segments um, and Ryan, Katie's brother, he does a warm up segment. Gabriella uh, sends in videos so that we can have our wellness and yoga at the end. Um, and Emma does this like awesome dance game that's Kiss, you know, my favorite band, it's Kiss themed. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, I, I love that. But Katie came in um, with these two segments that she's created and it's allowing our kids to have a choreographed dance that they can all do. And so, and she has just really come in and done this awesome choreography. And so there's kind of like a, I would say like contemporary or kind of like, I, I would say hip hop, but it's kind of all set to rock. But uh, the kind of dances we were doing um, in Everybody Dance Now, and because ballet is Katie's passion, now we have a uh, rock and roll ballet segment. Um, and so that that has been really, really cool. And and the, and our kids are learning. So I, I can see them on the Zoom. They're attending to her every week they get a little better. They're memorizing their dances. So do you want to talk about that, Katie? Like what it's been like to move up into that dance teacher role? Yeah. So going on like from in-person to Zoom, there was like very, it was very hard because the kids don't have like the in-person connection that we can give them in class. But as I was like teaching the dance, I could be able to see like the children like 
learning the dance and actually getting the steps and like me attending to their needs and what they want. And so with this new ballet segment, I feel it's really good for them because ballet is really good like to have to earn flexibility and just like to have in general. So like teaching them the terminology and like the dance moves to help them to further improve their dancing has just like been so amazing to like just watch them be able to learn and then to see like the them be able to like memorize their dances and like express themselves through dance has been a very good class to see. I love it. And I gotta say for all of us who are panicking about the distance learning in the fall, anytime that we can get our kids onto a Zoom and having fun and get them moving their bodies, it's only going to help with whatever the boring dull thing is the school is having them do. So, you know, because making it reinforcing sometimes will help for the times that it isn't reinforcing. So you guys, cause we're running out of time here. How can somebody connect and, and do this with their kiddos? What would, when, what time of the day is it? What days of the week? What's, it, is, what's the it is on Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Pacific time. So 6 p.m. California time, but anyone can join. If you would okay. like, it's free. If you would like to sign up for a, a link to register for the webinar, you can email Miss Robin Rocks at yahoo.com. So it's M S R O B I N R O C K S at yahoo.com. And so if you just put uh, Rock the House or Zoom uh, in the title, I will send you a link to register for our web webinar and you can join us. Uh, every week, it's 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 a lot of fun, um, and I'm really excited about uh, everyone participating. It's distance learning is a challenge, but we we can take the positives from it. Um, and and I love what you said, Shannon. It it is going to help out with distance learning because if we can get our kids on there, uh, we you know and and having fun with Zoom, they will be less reluctant to get on when maybe the content isn't isn't as fun. Um, and and it, it's, it's a nice opportunity for them to really hone their skills because I think what we're seeing is while we're missing a bit of the social component, we are seeing much tighter progress with dance because our kiddos, I think, are conducive to attending to a screen. So, so, so they're getting you know, better at their dance moves and getting better and better at learning to interact over the screen. And so um, go over the email again. Is it M MS or M I? Mm -hmm. MS. MS, like Ms. 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 R-O-B-I-N. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Rocks at yahoo.com. At yahoo.com. So mm -hmm. M-S-R-O-B-I-N-R-O-C-K-S at yahoo.com. And so that would be tonight uh, mm -hmm. that uh, in just a few hours. So for those of you on the East Coast, it's at 9 p.m., uh, but for us on the West Coast, it's 6 p.m. on Thursday nights. And, you know, somebody wrote in and said, how do I get a peer buddy for my son? If they want an actual peer buddy in the sense that, you know, they're there and prompting them, that they've got to live in Fullerton. Is that correct? They have this to live in Fullerton or if, you know, if someone knows, you know, for example, like, you know, what started all of this was, Leanna from CF Dance uh, was a business owner in Fullerton. She was a supporter of Fullerton Cares. She saw a need. I 
offered to jump in and, and help out too. And she helped out and, and we did a thing. So sometimes it's just maybe about even knowing how to talk to people. And I think one, th one way we can harness the pandemic is Katie talked about how busy she is and, and she is, and we all are. And being kind of stuck at home and utilizing Zoom is something that we can work into a really busy schedule. And so we can start small if, for example, the person that wrote in that wanted a peer buddy, maybe you can talk to some folks at church or um, in, your, in your community that have a nice kid and they're just a nice sweet kid. And maybe you can start with some just really quick Zoom meetings and they can talk to each other and then expand uh, or if your child is nonverbal, someone can, you know, talk to your child, like how Katie will read stories for her buddies and things like that and starting out small and then building on it. And then one other thing I wanted to say is a lot of times I'll get new participants in the Zoom and they'll just watch and then I don't see them again. And so for parents, I want to encourage you, um, let your kids just you know, if they're not doing the dance moves or don't seem to be participating, but they will watch it, I would encourage you let your kids watch it because it's, you know, they'll acclimate. It's just like real life. You know, if, if we have to go somewhere and it has to be a successful outing and my oldest son has never been, we try to go one time first uh, just to get him used to the surroundings. And this is kind of the same thing. So maybe they'll watch for a bit. Um, of participants that have been new to the Zoom that have hung in there, I've seen their kids just watching or maybe watching for a little bit and then walking away and now they're participating. There we go. So keep keep on keeping on is the key here. Can I tell you, we're out of time, but how much, you know, Robin, I think you know this, I think I've told you, I just adore you. I have so much respect and admiration for you. You are an amazing professional, an amazing expert, an amazing mom. Um, I just always feel better when I get a chance to be around you. You are just light on this planet. And thank you, Katie, for being the person that you are. It gives me so much hope to know that you are the, you are someone who's going to inherit this earth and be in yes. control in this earth. And oh my goodness, don't we need more people like you. Colleges are going to fight to have you. Um, and businesses are going to fight to have you to be their employee. And let me tell you, if you ever need a recommendation, let me know because I'm, I'll be happy to say what an amazing person you are. So gosh, thank you both for spending time with us and for loving our kids the way they need to be loved. I, I just appreciate you from my heart. Thank you so much for being here, you guys. Thank you for having us. I hope you'll have us back. Soon. Anytime. And, and seriously, I am challenged. I know you're busy, but that book, that book, come on now. Uh, <laughs> all right. And Katie, you get, you know, tell her you want to write a chapter in it. Uh, so, so there we go. I am such a pussy, pushy broad today. <laughs> but okay. Uh, thank you guys for being here. I, I got to close out the show. So I'll let you guys go, but I'm going to keep talking. we got some questions we have to get to. Thank you so much for being here. Bye-bye. You're very welcome. Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, really quickly want to get to, because you guys have, have been having a conversation with yourselves online, and I love that about what's routine and what's normal. Um, and I and when we were talking before about what's ritualistic behavior, and, and somebody wrote in and said it's basically routine. I would argue, though, that we all have routines, right? Ritualistic is when you have to do the routine. 
Okay. So there's just a little bit of a difference there. Like you get upset if you can't do the routine in the way in which you do it. I have a routine every morning that's changed in the pandemic. And, um, you know, we have two dogs that are getting acclimatized to each other and I, I need to do, you know, everything. It all has to get done. But some days I do it in one order and some days I do it and sometimes it messes me up when I change the routine, but I don't have a meltdown. Um, when, and we all are like that, right? When it's a problem, when it's part of a disorder is when you have to do it that way. Now, there are times when I go to drive out the driveway and I have to come back and I have to check the doorknob three times. That is a disorder. We can't leave until I do it. Um, for me, that's OCD, not autism, but I'm just saying there is a difference there. So I do want to point that out. But when we talk about something being normal and being abnormal, I like the, fra the phrase that normal is a setting on the dryer. I don't know what normal is anymore. But I know when something is stopping me from doing something, and I know when something is stopping my son from doing something, and those are the things that I'm interested in working on. If I want to be able to leave without checking the doorknob three times, then I want to work on that. If I don't care, if it's not stopping me, and it's just my routine, and I do it every morning, and I'm not holding myself up or anybody else, who cares, right? Uh, but when it's stopping me, like if it's an emergency and I need to leave, I want to be able to leave without touching the doorknob three times. Uh, how many different things on the DSM make a child autistic and what are they? Is DSM-5 or DSM-6? Can I look it up online? Yes, you can look up the DSM-5. That is the current um, uh, diagnosis for autism. And they have three different areas and they list a bunch of different things in those three different areas. We could do a whole show on that. Unfortunately, I don't have time right now but um, check it out. And if you are interested, you can go back and look at the DSM-4, was it R? To see what it changed from and to in 2013. It's old, so, but it is different than what it used to be before. Uh, okay, looking for young adult groups, independent living and inclusive communities. Do you have any information on how to get my hands on information in a local area? I don't know where you live. Um, and it really depends on where you live. I can tell you that during the pandemic, there's more and more places that are having things online. I would really encourage doing the peers program at UCLA online with your young adult to learn how to be social. Um, there will be a cost associated with that. It might be covered by your insurance. I don't know, but that's peers, P-E-E-R-S at UCLA. I'd love to get somebody on from there to talk about that. I think I'm gonna reach out and see if we can do that. Uh, also, um, I really wanna recommend, we had Chelsea Darnell on the show at the very beginning of the pa pandemic. She's an amazing young woman. She leads a group every Saturday night at the Ed Asner Family Center. They're doing it online right now, it's free. And it's called Movie Chat with Chelsea. On Monday, she tells her audience what movie they are their homework is to watch they watch the movie and on saturday a group of young adults on the spectrum get together and they start by talking about the movie but from what i hear it is the most amazing social group it's free go to the ed asner family center check out all the free classes that they have available because there's a lot of stuff there but definitely check out the movie chat with chelsea she's amazing and i adore her uh, okay, what else we got here? Um, so uh, when talking about the routine, uh, when a child persists in doing things a certain way, um, 
and they have to do it that way, that's what we want to address because that's going to get in the way of going to school. That's going to get in the way of having friends, right? We want for them to be as flexible as possible. Uh, so we're going to work on that. Okay. Uh, yeah, but normal is a setting on the dryer. Okay. What else have we got here? Uh, okay, great. Somebody already registered for the Rock the House. And thank you so much for sharing the info for the dance class. I think my 12-year-old son on the spectrum might like this. Have a good day. You two, we're out of time. I want to let you know that tomorrow we're playing an oldie but a goodie. Let's talk autism with Shannon and Nancy. I don't even know which episode and who the guest is. Um, I'm going to be back on Monday with Bonnie Gates. If you have questions for because you're going through something about distance learning or the IEP or your school has said something, we're looking for very specific questions. Write to me right now because I got to send the questions to Bonnie today and tomorrow. S.penrod at autism-live.com. Give us your questions. Let us know, you know, if it has something to do with school in this fall and IEP, want those questions for Bonnie. We're looking for specific and be as specific as, tell us what they offered you, what you said, where you're at, what you want. Uh, Bonnie likes lots of information. All right, email that to me, do it now, and I'll see you on Monday. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now. <laughs>